0: The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Can we rise to our feet quickly? Let's declare the Word of God together. Now, what we do is we charge ourselves to be able to understand the Word of God. The Word of God is not understood by intellectual, um, effort. The Word of God is understood by, um, spiritual, you know, revelation. It's the revelation of the Word of God that helps us to understand that the Holy Spirit helps us understand. So what we do is to charge our spirits to be able to understand. How we do that is by opening our mouths and declaring the Word of God that is, um, as we wrote it, wrote it inside them. Most of us have re, we have memorized it by heart. So those of you coming for the first time, they can look at your paper. Now let's take it one two. Let us go. Now I'm now I'm ready. The Lord has given his spirit, spirit of wisdom and revelation, and revelation in the knowledge of Him, of him. And, I'm and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His, of his, and his will. will. As a result of this, I am walking in the man body of the Lord, I am pleasing in all our stress, I am bearing fruit in every good work, I am increasing the knowledge of God. Now again I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart, it is giving me life and direction, it is giving me in every area, and it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus. Alright, Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. If you believe the understanding is your portion today, give me another Amen. Amen. And I declare to you that as the word is coming forth this evening, it will heal you in every area in the name of Jesus. Amen. Those who came to hear the Lord Jesus, they heard and they were healed. And I declare to you that you will also be healed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Confession is driven out of your life by the entrance of this world today in the name of Jesus. Amen insight, direction, what to do to come out of the current situation into the level that God wants you to be in next. It will come to you today as the word comes in in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God will reveal himself to you. You will get to know him better. Amen. And you will become better in your character and reflecting Jesus Christ more than ever before. Amen. I said in the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, the Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. So let's take our seats. Alright, now we have been Talking for some time on um, the true service of God, what it really means, how do we really serve God properly. Again, let me do it one more time, recommend our book, How to Work for God. Try and get a copy and make sure you read it. That's How to Work for God. Many of the things I'm saying inside here, you will find um, in the book. Um, some of the things inside the book, you are probably will overlook to say them now. Now today I want to go ahead to talk about the work of rest How that is the work of God. Now, if you read the book, actually this comes at the end of the book. There's another section that I have not gotten to. That is giving as working for God. So maybe I'll take that one later on as a segment on on its own. How to give to God. It's very important. We can't say these things enough. Christians must understand how to give to God. Especially because they are often wrongly taught. Christians are often taught that you give to God because you want Him to give to you. I know I won't get tired of saying the truth. As long as people are there teaching the opposite, we have to continue to tell the truth so that Christians will know what the truth really is about. What am I trying to say? The way by which you give to God, we'll discuss it later, it is not so that you can get from him. If you are giving to God so you can get from him, I say boldly, you are wasting your time, you are wasting your money. It's a waste of money. People say when you tithe, the the devourer will be rebuked for your sake. Nobody ever promised you that. Nobody. Ever promised you that? Nobody. As a child of God, you don't have that promise. So don't deceive yourself. Okay? Now people say that you give so that God can multiply it back for you. Once you do that, once you start giving so that He can multiply it back, you are putting a wrong spirit into a right thing. Do you get my point? <laughs> if somebody, if you, assuming you are in the house, your wife, and you are cooking one fantastic dish, all right, for your husband, and somebody says, "Ah, you really love your husband. Why are you doing this?" and then you now say that, ah. When he comes back, I intend to ask him for something. That's why I'm doing this. And if they recorded that and played it for him, do you think he will eat that food? You come by, when he's coming, you'll buy gala. You won't know why the man <laughs> arrives with <before. laughs> four galas like this. The man will be eating gala and drinking Fanta. And you'll be looking like, ah, when did you fall in love with gala? <laughs> the guys, I fell out of love with the, with the kitchen and the other room. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you are planning, so I'm not eating. Why? What you are doing is not motivated by love. Are you getting my point here? And listen, even Jesus said, even if you, ordinary human beings, understand these things, how much more your Father? The truth is that God sees our heart. I, the Lord, I test the mind. I search the heart. That's what He does. He tests. He searches the heart. That's how he said it. So that before he rewards us. So we're going going to talk about that later. Okay. But today I just feel impressed on my spirit to jump that segment. Okay. In the book that comes before what I want to talk about now, but let's jump it, get to talk about this. And we'll now come back to that later. Now we've been explaining the fact that the work of God is not only the things that we call spiritual for us believers in Christ Jesus. Everything we do is the work of God. It is not only that thing that we think is spiritual. For example, I am here, all right, preaching the gospel. People will say, I am working for God. And I don't think it's a lie. I think it is true. That's what I'm trying to do. But I'm trying to say that if you are in your marketplace, you are a carpenter and you are making furniture. You are working for God just as much as I'm working for God right now. It is not as if because I'm preaching, I'm working for God, but you, the carpenter, you are not working for God. It depends on what God called you to do. What we have to understand, okay, which is the thing I'm trying to get Christians to be careful about, is not to neglect carpentry, to go into ministry, thinking that that is superior calling. It is not superior in your life. Are you getting my point? Now, please, note what I said. I'm not saying that the word of God is not more important than every other thing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in your life, Jesus said, occupy with this. Do business with this. He gave you something. It is to do the one that he sent you to do. Alright, And to finish his work, that is important. It is not for you to assess and decide that it is better to be a priest okay, than to be um, a warrior in Israel. For that reason, you abandon your calling as a soldier. You're not going to join the priesthood because you feel that they are closer to the sacrifices. They are closer to the temple. If God did not call you or write into the priesthood in Israel, you died if you got close to it. If you came to burn string fire, you died for it. So what God says that what exactly did I ask you to do? And listen, you know, as I I told, you, I traveled today. My wife and I were driving through. I came from Benin, driving through Benin before we hit the express, and I started coming down. I just looking, at go to nature also. I was looking at all the billboards, all the signboards all the posters pasted everywhere, announcing churches and programs and all of that. I told my wife, if only 10% of these people will just be preaching the truth and Christians are living the truth, I said the very soil we are driving on will have felt it by now. I'm not even talking about politicians and governors. I mean the very soil that we are farming on, the very earth we are working on will have felt the effect if... If indeed only 10% of all those churches I saw advertised, those programs I saw advertised, those posters I saw there, if only 10% of the activities were dedicated to teaching the truth of the word of God and Christians were not taught to practice those things, the earth we are walking on will have felt it by now. When I say felt it, there are times the earth will refuse to be eroded. Erosion will come. They say no. The word says we should stay here. What I'm telling you is a matter of fact. Okay. I, I remember one of the things I told my wife, I said, listen, if we would, just, we would just come to church, okay, and practice what the scriptures say. We practice those things. If people went to church, all right, and listen to what I want to say. And we pastors, all right, if we would just teach them and bless people and warn them against the dangers of iniquity. Because these days people hardly get warned. And the only people, they want people if they say, don't go do this, they don't go to hellfire. I just really don't think hellfire is a problem. You know, hellfire is a problem. I don't want to go near the place, so. No, really, I don't want to, okay? I don't want to go near it at all. I don't even want to know the direction to the place. <laughs> I am just saying, that is even a remote problem. Let's just think of Ananias and Sapphira Small. I was just thinking about it. My wife and I were, were loading the car. I said, just imagine that this happened. That when people go to church, when they're going to church, maybe, okay, the man comes from church, and they now say that, okay, we're going to change these figures so that we can make money. And he says, eh? hey. In church, pastors said, this week, every thief will die. You know, no matter where you're walking, they will soon mark you. So when they want to steal, they will make sure you're not present. And then listen, you become a standard for them. Yes. And then you become a reason why God can actually judge iniquity. That's a matter of fact. So you see that as we carry the practice of the word of God... To the various places in life where we are supposed to be working, where we work every day, not just in church now, from Monday to the next Sunday, to Saturday, assuming we come to church on Sundays. If we just practice God's word in those places, that is the work of God, the areas will be affected. I want Christians to understand, it is not carrying Bible and preaching that's God's work. First of all, it is living the word you have heard that's a work, work. That is a work. To leave that word that you have heard. To leave it. Are you getting my point? To leave it. That is, they say love is patient, love is kind. You hear it on Sunday in church. Then on Monday, your assignment is, this week, kindness and patience. These are part of the traits of God in my life. Every time you find yourself being impatient, you find yourself being unkind, you settle down and confess that sin out of your life and confess the word of God until kindness is part of you. That is God's work. Listen to me. If you are not doing that, no matter what you are doing outside, you are wasting time. Let me say it again. If you are not doing that, no matter what you are doing outside, you are wasting time. Let me say it one more time. If you are not doing what I have said, in which you take God's word every day, Regularly, you look at your life, you look at the word, compare the two. You find out that your life is slightly shorter than you know, it's called falling short of God's glory. You find out that your life is shorter than where the word is. You now make that gap, closing that gap, the primary assignment you have. If you are not doing that, every other thing you are doing is a waste of time. I don't want to go over that again. We've explained it before. So becoming conformed to the image of Christ is our primary work for God. It is not the giving of offerings. It is not how early you come to church. Many people will come early to church and in the same manner they will go he- early to hell. Early to church. Early to... <laughs> early to hell I am telling you the truth. That is when the first will become the last. When it comes to blessing. That's why I said it before. It's so impossible, so difficult... To judge somebody's life. It's so difficult. You don't know who's serving God. Many of us are in church running up and down. Many people are anointed. They came to Jesus. Did we not prophesy in your name? And they were not lying. We did miracles in your name. They were not lying. He now said to them, get away from here. I never knew you. You are doers of iniquity. That this is what they were doing in their personal lives. That he was looking at. Not the work they were doing outside. Did you hear what I said? Yes. It wasn't what they were doing for him. It was counting. It was how they were living their lives in their personal sphere. That was what he was looking at. So when they said they prophesied in, the, in his name, he said, it's not impressive. I've seen a donkey do it before. That was what he said, not me. You remember the story of Balaam? A sinner can preach and people will give their lives to Christ. That's not a joke. I mean that literally. A man who does not believe we take the scripture, quote one or two verses of it, and say, give your life to Christ, and sinners will be saved. But when he, when he comes for judgment, just look at him and say, this boy, I know him. That is, I never knew him, but I know the kind of thing he was doing. Are you getting my point? <laughs> he judges him because of how his own personal life is. For that reason, if we claim we are working for God, it's not only going to church that's the primary thing. It's not giving money. Giving of money is not the primary thing. It's not being diligent. Christians in modern days we have been taught a lot of works of the flesh and those things we are taught that they will cause blessings to come to us. Let me say it again today. It is not true. They don't in themselves bring forth blessings. They only bring forth blessings if they are manifestations of the work that God has done inside us. No matter how much you diligently give your first fruit, it makes it, listen, it has no meaning. Carrying your whole first salary to church, claiming its first fruits, is not Bible. It's an arrangement between you, your pastor, and your denomination. Don't even think and can come to God and say, I must be blessed for it. There is no blessing attached. It's a church law. Calculating 10% every time you see money, it shows that you are not normal. Are you getting my point? Just forget this. Thing. Let's, say, let's tell us the truth. You're not all right. You're not all right. I'm going to write on it. I have to write a small booklet on it. Tithing like Abraham. If I don't write it, you are the, fault. You are the one that's at fault. I must finish that in a short while. The Tithe of Abraham. I need to write it. How Christians should tithe. The true tither. A true tither in Christianity. Now first, let me just say to you again. Abraham's tithe was voluntary. It was a decision he made by himself with himself. There was no revelation pushing him. The only revelation there, that I'm talking about 10%, the only revelation was that he gave it to Melchizedek, the king of Sodom. The other kings will also have given the exact sum depending on whose land they passed through, depending on which gods they served. It was one of the codes of Babylon at that time. It was their taxation system. What was unique about Abraham was that he took it and gave to Melchizedek. That is, he recognized the priesthood of Melchizedek. That's how come you hear that he did it only once. There was no other story about it. Isaac never did it. And Jacob did not do something. He did his own style differently. He made a vow to God using the same codes now I'm trying to explain the principle here so when a christian wants to in quote ties he can decide that listen god has been so good to me i think my ties for this ties you see where i'm saying it like this ties you know you know i'm just borrowing the terminology i said this month is 100% who do i give it to anywhere i like next point I can decide that, listen, my pastor has been a tremendous blessing. You take one third. I've not known my father enough. You take one third. All these people in my neighborhood, let me share the other one third. Christmas is coming. And that's the 100% is gone. Shared to three places. It's as I like it. I forgot one part of it. I could decide to take one quarter and say this one, me, my wife, and children, will eat it? Yes. We must eat it in a wasteful manner. No, if you eat it as meals, it's not a sacrifice. It's not an offering. It is eating in a wasteful manner that is of God. At such times. What does it mean? You go and buy things you normally don't eat. You drag all your children to one. You know there's one Chinese restaurant in the street there. So all of you, what are we going to do? Want to eat in a very wasteful manner, children? If I see you do this tomorrow, I will deny you. But for today, <laughs> <laughs> you will sit down there. But then they give you bill. Look at the bill. You, your wife, three children, bill seventy-five thousand. You know it's an offering. <laughs> it has to be an offering. By the time five of you eat seventy-five k, they go? And your name is not Dankoti. You had. <laughs> You're either giving an offering or you're going to have fire. It's one of the two. (laughs) Are you getting my point? Yeah, you should do that once in a while. But when you want to do it, you do it as an offering. You pray. Say, Father, I thank you. We are here to waste a few things. And this waste is an offering unto the Lord. In case you do not know it, that was how Jacob fulfilled his vow to God. It's over everything you have given me. I'll give you a tenth. When he got there, there was no Melchizedek. There was no official priest to the type you you had later in Israel. What did he do? He just separated the animals randomly, took one-tenth of them, slaughtered them, packed them on a big heap and set fire under them and burnt them to ashes. And he stood back and the smoke went up to heaven as a sweet-smelling savour, an offering pleasing to God. Many people don't know that. So I just, I just dropped that by the wayside. Okay, let's get it clear. So, God is not in Christianity, we are not legalistic people. We are not, we are not. We are cheerful givers. A true New Testament tieser is a fellow who is liberal with money. He's liberal. Every time he sees a need, she sees a need, she's eager to give. Future is not scary. Say, this one I care for the future of my children. Say, the future of my children is in God. Money cannot secure their future. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So I'm generous with what I have today. That's a Christian tither, Not the working accountant. That says a man said you have to bring the whole tithe. What's the whole tithe? If I give you a lift, you're going to nature. You know I was coming from that side now. You're coming from nature. I see you for a road, I pick you. When you reach town, you will check. How much does peace mass collect normally? He says 1,002. What is 10% of 1,002? 120. So for the lift you gave me, I owe God 120. That is how not to sleep well. (laughs) Your faith will fail. Are you getting my point? Yeah, Yeah, your faith will fail. Because one day you are going to wake up, three of your children at the same time will develop fever simultaneously. And instead of you to start rebuking the fever, you start doing, my wife, come, come, come. Did you eat the (laughs) tight? Can you see what I'm saying? I see Christians, they will have flat tire. They will call, who, who, who had tires in this car? Call <laughs> that Christianity as a fast joke. As a fast joke, every little problem in your life, you want to check God, your money not complete. Why do they do like this? So any problem in your life, you are checking God, what did I do to you? Some people are paying over just so that God they will not mistakenly owe this wicked soul. They call God. If they are, you know, if you work for most big companies or federal government or state government, the salary you know, they round. I don't know whether it's wickedness. They, they it's never round. You, if they want to pay fifty thousand naira, it's going to be forty-nine thousand eight hundred and sixty-two naira <laughs> <laughs> eighteen kobo. You. <couple. laughs> No, really. no. You know the way it is. Because the way they calculated the allowances, the deductions, fake percentages, genuine percentages, mistakes by the accountant, all those kind of things. When they deliver your money, that's how you know that true, true, your salary has entered. If you see a round figure, it's not your salary. (laughs) It's somebody else. But when you see strange numbers like 82,991,92, in 15-cobble. Huh? You will look at it and say, no, this is a salary. Those are they are very difficult to tithe on. <laughs> <laughs> the tithe cannot be complete. can't be accurate. Because you go check the percentage, check, 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 check. And before, if you were using GT Bank, until recently, GT did not allow those copper-cobble things to transfer. So less you owe God, for people do overpay. So next time somebody seek for house, they go check, say, God, let's face it, the tithe was supposed to be 5,000 something, but I give you 6,000, less by any means, we shall change you. You see how we erode our faith every day? That's not Christianity. Forget it. It's not Christianity. I don't care who told you otherwise. it's not Christianity. But Why am I talking about this? Somebody keeping me there today. Please, so let me just emphasize it. I'm not saying Christians are not tithers. What I said that the ties of Christians, number one is what? Voluntary. It's not compulsory. Number two, the percentage is not 10, it's anyone you like. It varies from, let's just say, 1% to 100%. Let's put it like that. Three, where do you carry it to? It's your problem, not my own. Don't come and make me be the one to tell you. So the summary of it is just be generous, be cheerful. Don't eat your money alone. Don't eat it alone. Don't eat it alone. It's very important. Just as an aside, I told you I'm just coming from my alumni district. By the time we finished, you know, donating to the faculty and all of that, the provost said, hey, every year is somebody's 25th anniversary. You understand know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. For us, class of 91. Next year will be class of 92. Last year was class of 1990. University of Benin has been graduating doctors since 1976. Okay, so he said, so he just said, if every class has been doing like this, this college would have been very rich. That every year we know another person is coming to do something. By the time we finish donating, the man said, no, no, no. If everybody, if I, so he's hoping that other people will see. I know human beings will like competition. Yeah. So the class of 92, they are warming up now. Say, we'll outdo you people. It's all for the good of the college. I'm talking about Christians. Let's just learn, don't eat your money by yourself. Put yourself last when it comes to money management. Your own pleasure should come last. There are those who can't give. You know what they can't give? They are very strategic in how not to give. They plan how not to give very well. Do you know how they do it? And they are very... They don't, they never have. You know what they never have? His shirt is on credit. Shoes on credit. Hey, women... Hair is on credit. Makeup on credit. Everything is on credit. So by the time he or she collects money, and finishes paying the debts, there's nothing remaining. I say, all I have now is this one five. (laughs) (laughs) Just this one thousand five. So I can't give. And you that know it's true, you forget that all the debts he or she is paying back, there's no giving on credit there. Some people tell me that can you borrow to give? I, I'm not one that says you can't borrow to give. I just ask you how, how are you living normally? If you are borrowing to spend, you better borrow to give. Okay. Yes, you will go to the bank, access bank will finance a brand new car for you, collect half of your income, that you don't have to give again. Better go and also let them borrow, lend you money to give as offering. Maybe servicing both loans at the same time. It's true. No, Chris. You don't know. People are very funny. Private budget bank is collecting out of your salary. One bank finance your car. They are collecting. They only come to offering. You want us to understand that you don't have. You will never have. You don't have any faith. How can you have money? Greedy soul. Wicked people. (laughs) (laughs) And they ask me why the kingdom is not moving. Why will it move? (laughs) This is the truth. Can you give a, Should you borrow to give? I don't know. But if I see your car is brand new, I say, Did you pay cash? She said, No. What happened? One bank financed it. In that case, I hope you have another loan running on offerings. That is the reason why you don't hear me say offering time. It analyzes when people are looking for change to, to give, to say, This ministry is blessing me. 200 naira. See his phone, iPhone 7. That phone will never work again in Jesus' name. <laughs> How rubbish is that? Spend 400000 on phone, and tell the ministry is blessing you. You put 1000 in an offering basket. You now wonder why iPhone uh, uh, Note 7 was exploding. It's because of Christians. <laughs> That's why it was exploding. If now you know not go explode, we can't even carry you up and down. That's why I don't do offering time, blessing time. Uh, blessing time is every day. When you wake up in the morning, it's blessing time. When you're eating your food, it's blessing time. Are you getting my point? If you want to give, you give with determination. You give with preparedness. One brother said once, ah, he went to church for a program and he heard that people said that I gave a million. He said, ah, people give a million. People give a million. Huh? How do they manage? He said, started praying. Father, in the name of Jesus. I confess that I am also a million giver in the name of Jesus. The bro confessed the word until he was able to give a million. Said, eh, eh, ah. People are giving a million. We just stand they look them. I'm serious. That was his attitude. People can buy five million era car, they can't give five million era right offering. Let me tell you the truth. In this life, you make up your mind. Anything I can use, I can give. Anything I can use, I can give. Just make up your mind. Anything I can use, when I say use now, I don't mean if the, the dash maker I can use it. I mean no. I can go and tell a bank to finance a loan. And to finance a car for me. Ah. Uh-uh. In the same manner, I should be able to wake up one day and say, Look, I like what Jesus used to say so that you understand it for people. Jesus used to do something. Say Go and give to the poor. Some never say, come, kingdom. No, just get up and say, Ah, uh-uh. what is there to be done that we can use to improve life for people on this earth for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Just go, maybe there's one preacher you are listening to somewhere say, Man, this guy is a tremendous blessing. Let him come and cover our area with this broadcast. Walk up by yourself to one radio station and say, How much will it be? So you say, If I want to do it for two years, this is what I will pay. They say, Yes. You check your car, check that one. How did I finance this car? It was a bank. Say, okay, good. The same bank. Give me money. Until we are reached that level, you know the truth? We are not givers. We are practicing. I don't, I don't, I say, don't forget this habit of I must put something inside the basket all the time. Is the way you know when church when the church raised these people in poverty mentality? That's the issue. I keep on giving the example of my alumni fellowship. When we go, we stay from Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. That's Wednesday evening, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, two or three sessions. Okay, no, okay, depending. All right, we start from Wednesday, ministers meeting till Sunday night, until Saturday night, two or three sessions. Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. What am I saying? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and one session on Wednesday. You've been there. Many of you have been there. You never heard us once say offering time. Did you ever hear us say offering time? We worship, we sing, we do everything, we teach the world powerfully, we lay hands on people, and every time we share grace, we go. Why? Because we, what is offering time? That convention cost millions for that weekend. We tell bread ahead of time. Listen, send in your money. And they plan for it. The last one, my wife and I gave as a family. I paid that money three times because many things were competing for my finances. Three times. This is the first half. Of the balance half, this is the first half. Then this is the second half. The money finally finished. Once next year's period is coming, we are thinking about it already. Sometimes there's one brother. If this year I give as an example, all right, me too. I do it. My wife and I will do that also. If we, like, the, just as an example, assume this year now, we give, let's just take an example, let's say, uh, 200 naira. As an example, it's not 200 naira, just trying to illustrate something. Next we'll make sure it's 200 naira and 50 kobo. <laughs> that the path of the justice is like the light of dawn. is shining brighter and brighter. We won't be on the same level. Okay. Yeah. It's plotting. You plan it. That's why I don't like all these uh Offering time, Abraham's blessings are mine. Everybody's dropping something that annoys my body. That annoys my body. and annoys my soul. And it grieves my spirit. All three. I just feel like, ah, I it has it ever happened when you are going out? You're married man, you love your wife. You're going out I say, honey, how are you? I love you very much. You drop 15 naira for two. <laughs> Your man lick you, lick you, lick you, you. Amen. Praise God. And when you come back, you will see that 15 right where you left it. It's a sign of her love for you. You leave it right where you left it. Think about it. There are times you will sit there and say, Ah, this is my wife. Good girl. This is her car. It needs, it needs redemption. So you start praying. Father, in the name of Jesus. You will cause prosperity to flow towards me like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I receive abundance. I receive. Why? You want to buy a motor for your wife? You could be quoting scripture. You will deny yourself all kinds of things. Then one day, the car is now ready. Ah! You you know the way you'll be feeling happy. Now they say, Wait, are you going? No, don't go out. I'm coming. Wait for me. I'm coming. I'm coming. You know the way it is? You know, they come from and park outside. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Let me leave it there. And when your wife sees it and she freaks out, she say, Father, I worship you. What are you worshipping over? You saw her reaction, it worked. She likes it. Oh, Father, I thank you. You don't say, sweetheart, now that I've given you a car, what shall you give back to me? <laughs> do you do that? Yeah, if it is all give to God. Say, Lord, I gave you seed. When are you going to multiply it? God say, collect. I don't want to give <laughs> I don't want to give Carry your seed only. Jaguda, Give offering. Tie rope to the neck of the goat. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. Am I talking only about offering things? We'll come back to it later. We'll come back to it later. That's not my message for today. That's not at all my message for today. Alright, let me just summarize that. So, Christians, we love God. We are cheerful givers. We, we just give. And the manifestation of love for God is love for the things that we can see. Are you getting my point? We see the word of God, we, we love it. We see the minister of the word, we love him. We love her. We see our people we are supposed to honor, we love them. We see people who are in need, we love them. We see our co-workers in the office, we love them. Are you getting my point? Uh-huh. We're always eager to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That is a Christian tizer. Are you get my point. If you think I'm pay God off with ten percent, you never start. After you're given the ten, let me leave that apostle. Let's leave that now. We'll preach another time. If you allow it, we we'll preach another time. What's that book I'm supposed to write? Good. I'm good. I'm happy you know that. The Lord is good. Now let's get into today's message. Let's hope we have time, okay, for it. Now what I want to let's start our scripture uh, our reading for today. The book of Genesis chapter 2, let's start reading from there. The Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. Then verse 2, By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it he rested from all his work which he had created. And made. Please notice it. God worked for seven days and for six days. On the seventh day, he completed the things he was doing, and the Bible says he rested from his work. And then he blessed and sanctified the seventh day, because in it he rested from all his work which he had done. The last scripture I want us to read quickly. Isaiah chapter fifty-six. Now let's look at this. Thus says the Lord, preserve justice and do righteousness. For my salvation is about to be revealed and my righteousness, no, for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness is about to be revealed. He said, how blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who takes hold of it. That is, listen to this, This, my salvation is about to, be, to come, and my righteousness is about to be revealed. Now the son of man who takes hold of this revelation, who takes hold of my salvation, who takes hold of my righteousness, this is how you will see it manifested in his life. He said, blessed is the son of man who takes hold of it, who keeps from profaning the Sabbath, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. He said, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, and choose what pleases me, and hold fast my covenant. To him I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial. And the name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which will not be cut off. In verse 6 he says, Also the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from profaning the Sabbath, and holds fast my covenant. It was saying these are the people that will be acceptable to me. Let me just stop reading here. Now, why am I reading this? What I'm talking about is a work that many people don't realize is actually done for God. They don't understand that this thing, if we are doing it, it is actually for the Lord. Now, I'm going to say something here. If you read the commandments of God, ten commandments that he gave to Israel at Sinai, one of them was, thou shalt, uh, how does it say, that one of Sabbath? Yes, thank you very much. It said, remember the Sabbath day? And keep it holy. Let me quickly say something. You know, Christians sometimes will be very funny. We say we are not under the law. Saturday is not our Sabbath, right? They will move our Sabbath to which day? Sunday. They want to keep it the way the Jews kept (laughs) Saturday. Saturday. Listen, be realistic. If you want to be a Jew, be a Jew. And keep the Sabbath from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. 24-hour period, alright? But the truth is that we are not... We are not under the law of Moses, and before the law of Moses, there was nowhere in the Scripture you saw anybody keep that Sabbath. And after Jesus came, you never heard the disciples talk about it again. Now, <clears throat> that's that law of remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, in that no work is to be done on the Sabbath day, in that they had a limited amount of uh, journey they could take, you were not supposed to cook on the Sabbath day from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. That was a law for Israel. Now, but why am I reading it? I'll tell you. The reason is because there is a principle behind every law. So when you find that that commandment was not directly given to Christians, it does not mean the principle is missing. It means that Abraham must have kept that principle for him to be blessed. Are you getting my point? The disciples and the new covenant... They kept the principle for them to be blessed. They must have kept the principle. So what is that principle of Sabbath? That's what I'm going to explain. What is that principle of Sabbath that we believers are supposed to keep? It is not just the physical restraining of working on the 24-hour period. Let me just go straight to it. The fact is that Sabbath for us believers is a continuous thing. Continuous thing. It's not just in a day. It's not just a 24-hour period. It's a, mind- it's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. It's our judgment-making process. It's our decision-making process. Let me give you a simple example. Let's assume now you're applying for a job, and 500 people are applying for the same job, and they're going to employ only five people. And you happen to know the MD of the company. is a relative. One of the principles of Sabbath is you will just deliberately refuse to call him or notify him that you're coming for the interview. That is a principle of Sabbath. I don't need your help, sir. Thank you very much. It's quite quiet in this Presbyterian church, isn't it? <laughs> That's the principle of Sabbath. I am not going to de- manipulate anything. I'm going for the interview. I'm sorry, sir. I don't need your help. I walk in there. If God's not placing me in the liver now, I'm competing about, against many people. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. There is a God that's on my side. And I want to get in, not with somebody begging for me. Or bending rules for me. This is an interview. It's a bank job. Go and do the interview. What's the big deal? How you know you are breaking the law of Sabbath? It's when you pick your phone. You call your father. Ah, daddy. Hey, thank God. Though. What happened? I found out that Uncle Moses is, is an ED in that bank. So what am I supposed to do? I, daddy, you call him now. Now let's assume your father is like me. And he says, sorry, I'm not willing to call. Once you start getting angry, you're a sinner. God corrects people. Maybe the first time you felt that he should call, and God said, no problem. You are making a mistake, but let's leave it. So he tells your father, don't call. First day, your father hasn't called. Maybe he even promised to call. He kept forgetting. Then he traveled. Then your great auntie died. Then he went to the village. Network not there. Interview is getting closer. Your father has not made a call. Are you getting my point? They start getting agitated. You are angry. That's how that it does. That's the problem now. And if it's a make us dad now, he will have called. If it's ambulance Dad, he will have called. The other day, if I'm father called immediately. In fact, he traveled down. He didn't even call. If my father once are talking like that. You are not going far in life. You have no plan for progress. You are a sinner and you, instead of you to be repenting, you are sinning again. <laughs> I told you before, if it's law, you want to see law. Christianity has more laws than Moses can imagine. For us believers, our Sabbath is something else. It's an attitude of rest. I don't know what I get my point. The Bible said there remained a Sabbath for the people of God. What does Sabbath mean for Christians? It means that we realize that we have a promised land and we are going to enter it only by faith and how else. He said, if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have, would not have promised another rest. What was he saying? That, is, that rest was about entering into a promised land. And that promised land is not the physical land that people are fighting over, over there in Jerusalem, physical Jerusalem now. That land is a land in the realm of the spirit. But the point is this we are entering it only by faith. That is, we take the promises of God, we take those promises, act upon them, hold them tight, and then it produces something in our lives, then you say this is a blessing of Sabbath. Let me tell you the truth. It's easier to be a Jew than to be a Christian if you wanted to walk by flesh. It is just that we are walking by faith and God is supplying grace. That is why it is easier. (laughs) Let me say something about Christianity. If you read my book, um, By Faith, Acquire Life, there's one chapter there in which I describe escape velocity. What is escape velocity? It's the amount of, 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 for those of us who know physics, every object that wants to leave the earth must hit a speed of 11 kilometers per second that is able to travel from here to nature in less than nine seconds. Do you hear what I said? You take off from when you go in nature in nine seconds to escape the gravitational pull of the Earth upwards. We must be going like that upwards. So to generate that amount of energy or, or velocity, it takes a lot of input, a lot of fuel. So that's why spacecrafts, spacecrafts are packed with a lot of fuel. The reason why I'm talking about it is this. For us to hit... Now, when that spacecraft leaves the Earth, leaves the Earth, succeeds in its mission, all right, It starts revolving around the earth with very little power consumption. Moving from one place to the other is very easy. It's now in space. It's now seated in heavenly places far above principalities of gravity. Are you getting my point here? Now listen, for it to get out of the gravitational pull of the earth, it had to exert a lot of energy. But once it escaped all right, It gets to a place where life is very easy. Flows around with little energy. Just little fuel to push it from one direction to the other. But that one to push it out of the gravitational pull of the earth is tremendous. It's heavy. It's a lot. It takes energy. This is what I'm making. That's where the walk of faith is. Initially, when we begin to teach some of these things, they appear very hard. Why? We are sitting under the gravitational pull of the mundane things of this earth. But when people have learned God's word, and pumped in enough energy. I mean what I'm saying. You will see, they will say, Hey, your uncle is a minister. Let him call you. I mean, call him. He will help you. You say, I am not calling anybody. If God is not planning to help me, let him leave it. You do that on one job, and you don't get the contract. You do it another one, you also don't get it you do it again on the third one. What that simply means is that you are pushing yourself out of the gravitational pull of this earth. It gets to a point, every word you speak will get you a contract. But most of the times, what happens is that we lose that ability because Satan tempts us with simple things. Call this man, he can help you. Go and see this man, he will help you. Do this one, he will do it for you. Then you now start calling and calling, seeing this person, wasting a lot of time I'm talking about Sabbath. The Sabbath principle of Christianity simply means that if I am going to enter into anything in this my life, it must be because I received God's word and I acted upon the word of God. It must be by the power of prayer and confession of the word. That's all. That is the principle of Sabbath. Please, I'm going somewhere, alright? There are other manifestations of this, which is actually the main thing I want to talk about, of this Sabbath thing in the lives of believers. Life generally has, of course, many times you can divide life into two parts. And what I want to divide today is to talk about the period of work and the period of rest. Now, that rest period is also a manifestation of that Sabbath spirit. Now, when God gave it to Israel, rest was not just about Friday night to Saturday night. But because Israel didn't understand anything, you get my point here, he had to teach them in such a practical way that I say, okay, this is how Sabbath will be in your life, and that was why you did not see Abraham observe it and you did not see anybody else before Moses observed it and after Jesus, the church did not observe it Now, like I was saying, it shows that there was a way it manifested in the lives of these other people. Let me give an example. Can you remember that Abraham went to war, the story of Tyson that we all know about, and after war? He had a right to the things he won in battle. Then he made a statement. He said, "Let's just read it, you know, just so that just be like we are reading the scripture, even though we all know it. You know, we all know it by heart, all right? Let's just flip over to that uh, 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 part of Genesis, chapter fourteen. Now we know the story, okay? Lot was living in Sodom, of course, and then he was raided when some kings came and attacked the king of Sodom. That's in verse 1. For time's sake, we're not going to read all of that. Then the Bible now tells us that after they told this to Abraham, the Bible tells us in verse 13, somebody told Abraham, and then in verse 14, Abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive. He led out his trained men, born in his house, 318, and went in pursuit of the other folks, as far as Dan. Then he divided his forces against them by night and all of that. Now go to verse 16. Now after he he, he defeated them, he he brought back all the goods and also brought back his relative lot with his possessions and also the women and the people. Now please see verse 17. Then after his return from the defeat of... Pronounce that for me. Alright, don't worry about pronouncing it. You two, you don't know it. Then after the return from the defeat of Chedoloma and the kings who were with him, Manage my pronunciation better than yours. The king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Sodom, brought out bread and wine. Now he was a priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And the Bible says that he gave him a tenth of all. Verse 20. The king of Sodom now came around, alright, and said to Abraham, Give the people to me and take the goods for yourself. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I ha- Now please follow this. I have sworn to the Lord God Most High, Possessor of heaven and earth, That I would not take a thread or a sandal tongue or anything that is yours, for fear you will say, I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing except what the young men have eaten, and the share of the men who went with me, Anna, Eshkol, and Mamre, let them take their share. Now listen to this. We all know that I just felt, I just felt we should read something. This man went to battle. By the law of conquest at that time, he was entitled to all the goods recovered from battle. But he said something, all right, ahead of time. He prayed to God and said, God, you will. I'm asking you for victory in this. I am not fighting this battle for what I'm going to get. I just want to deliver my brother, Lot. Now, Lord, you please give me victory. I will not take anything from that place. By the time they gave him all of this, Abraham turned to the king of Sodom after he had given a tithe to Melchizedek and after the other men had taken what he wanted to take, he said, listen, take everything back for one simple reason. I do, he said, I already made a promise and I don't want you to say I made Abraham rich. Now listen to this. What does that tell you? Abraham was already rich and was going to get richer. And he wanted his blessings, you know, he wanted all the glory for his blessings given to God alone. For that reason, even when something that was legitimately his was given to him, he said, "It looks like it's going to taint my blessing." He said, "I'm not taking it." That is a principle of Sabbath. That's what I'm going to explain. That is a principle of rest. You see where I'm going in a moment. And when that time came, for times sake, we won't be reading all of this. He and Lot, all right. This was even before this. This was before this, all right. He and Lot they had issues because Lot was struggling with him. Lot was getting richer. He was getting richer. And their wealth at that time was mostly livestock. So the men that were keeping lost livestock and Abraham's life, livestock, they were having conflicts. So they said the best thing to do was to split the company into two. Which part of it do you want? The Bible says that Lot, before his uncle, he chose that he should have refused and said, Sir, anyone you give me, I will take. But the man stood and chose before his uncle, he chose the prime areas. And we know the rest of the story. Okay, The Bible says he lifted up his eyes and looked towards the plains of Sodom. That they were, they were well watered like the garden of the Lord. So he moved in that direction. What is the principle of Sabbath there? That Abraham was willing to stand and wait until Slaughter had chosen. And he was not afraid for his future. I hope you are getting my point here. He was not afraid. Why was he not afraid? Was he a glutton for punishment? No. Because he had a promise. I said, this is the principle of Sabbath. That you say that nothing that I'm ever going to get will come except as a manifestation of God's blessing in my life. Yes. That is the principle of Sabbath. The man said, listen, this thing I'm going to get is a manifestation of God's blessing. Lot is not about hustling. It's not about who chose first. Like I say all the time, every blessing has a label. No blessing for the believer is by chance. Blessings are commanded. That which is yours has your name written on it. When you're making choices, therefore, you behave like that. Not anyone say, hey, look, you have to be quick, you have to you know, some of these business principles people teach, this motivational speaking, people motivate people a lot of times. It annoys me. Many of those things people say are totally against the word of God. They are. Your face must shape your behavior in life. Like I used to say, people said, Hey, you were not around. Ah, you will have gotten that job. Tell them it's a lie. If the job was mine, it will have waited for me. If it did not wait for me, it was not my own. If it didn't wait for me, it wasn't mine. Somebody else has been given the contract. Let him do it. Am I the only person that's going to eat? If I'm the only one that's collecting all the blessings, so everybody will have to queue up at my doorstep to eat.